uh, non-believers uh, uh, in the Old Testament, what they would consider the heathens. And sometimes when they merged together, his concern was is that as they did those things, sometimes they forgot about him. And when that merging takes place, sometimes you can lose sight of who God is and then start following something that may not be like God. And so, so we see this merging, you know, as, a, as, a, as we live in a world where we have to interact with the world because God told us we're in the world but not of the world. We have to interact with the world. And I don't think God wants us to separate ourselves from the world, but I do believe we have to know where he considered us, where is common ground, where we can be trying to win others to the Lord and, and still, you know, be in the kingdom. But sometimes when you go into enemy territories, you may be in an environment that you wouldn't normally go in unless you was going there to win a soul to the Lord. So I don't want to be those Christians who are so, so legalistic and so bound up that they feel like they can't even be around people in the world and don't know how to relate so that we're no longer relevant. But I do think this discussion is, is good tonight because this, Beyonce put out a new song that's kind of, that's called Church Girl. And, and that's the first thing, you know, she called it Church Girl. And it has sparked uh, a lot of controversy and conversation about her sampling gospel music. In other words, she took a little bit of the Clark Sisters record and sampled it and then put it into a secular song. So that's why we say merging the secular with the sacred. But now let me be honest. Sampling has been going on in music with our musicians for years, long before Beyonce was born. You know, we've always been crossing those lines with sampling. The difference today looked like it may be because back then there was a whole lot more strict censorship laws and things of that nature. You couldn't say certain things and do certain things in certain songs. Ray Charles was always accused of sampling because he would take gospel chords and turn them into secular songs, and people loved them because the church recognized those chords in his music. And the preachers hated it because they said, hey, you're pulling all my church people back to the juke joint, you know what I mean? And then on the other side, the church has always sampled secular music. If you listen to a lot of gospel songs, you listen to the beats in there, you can see those beats connected to some secular artist. So that has been going on all the time. And, and the reason I don't see anything wrong with that because music is amoral. An A note is an A note and a B note is a B note. Ain't nothing sinful about a note. There's nothing sinful about a chord that's in a song. There's nothing sinful about a riff that's in a song in a musical string of notes. I think sometimes we cross that line when we have to look at the lyrical content of the song and see what is the message that it's trying to put out. And I think when we look at the message sometimes, we have to be mindful who that song is intended to, who the audience they're trying to reach. And I will be honest. When Beyonce wrote this song, she did not have Larry Bolton in mind. I am not her audience. She was not aiming at me, okay? But she, she could be aiming at some people that I know. I got grandkids that, you know, grandson that may listen to her, or, you know, I know some young people that may listen to her, and I want them to have a, a well-founded understanding of what, what it's all about. And so what we're going to see tonight now that we understand sampling has it, 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 been around, the, one of the main reasons she was criticized so heavily is because the first, uh, we're going to take a look at uh, uh, this, the bishop, a bishop up in North Carolina, kind of because he's Church of God in Christ, 
uh, he took exception to the song, uh, primarily because it was the Clark sisters. And you're going to see from some of the clips that we're going to look at tonight that in the Church of God in Christ arena, the Clark sisters are considered royalty. I mean, that when it comes to music, they are considered royalty. So to take one of their songs and put it, some of the words that she put in this song in it, offended them. And so what we're going to do is we're going to see, look at three different takes tonight. And what I want you to do, your job is say, okay, weigh this, look at it. And after we look at these takes, it's going to take about 25 minutes to listen to all of them. You write down some notes and your opinion. What is your opinion? How do you see this? This is not going to try to be a right or wrong because there's nothing wrong with music. It's just that I believe morally you may say, no, nah, I wouldn't listen to that. And some people may say, I don't see nothing wrong with listening to it. It's just music, just entertainment, it's just art. No different than a movie. I don't like all the roles that Denzel Washington play. But he say he's a Christian, and I believe that because he go to one of the biggest churches in California, he say he's a Christian. But if you see him in training day, you wouldn't think he was a Christian. So is there a distinction between when I have to go to work and play a role that may not be who I really am, but because that role? But now there are some Christians who may say, well, I wouldn't have taken that role. Well, that, that is no, no sinful thing because he took the role, if it's just a job. You understand what I'm saying? So, so I don't want anybody's moral convictions to come across like it's sin. Because your moral conviction, the thing that convicts you, may convict you, but it may not be sin. It may be sinful for you to do it if you say God done told you not to do it, but you can't accuse somebody else of sinning if it's just their, maybe their job. And he see nothing wrong with it. Am I making sense so far? Okay, so what we're going to do now, Marcus, is go ahead and play the first clip, if you will. And like I say, jot down your thoughts and try to remember them, and we'll go from there and, and, and making sure that we, we get clarity. I know you've heard about Beyonce's new album, but did you hear what Bishop Wooden had to say in response? commotion about Beyonce's new album, uh, particularly one specific song, Church Girl, but really the whole album, as well as the album cover, there's been a little hubbub about it. I was going to stay silent on it, but then I saw something the other day that just touched my heart. And to be honest, uh, I want to let you all hear it. I'm not going to give commentary in the middle of it. I'll say something afterwards, though. But I want you guys to hear this. This guy, you may not agree with his doctrine. I'm not sure if you do or you don't. But this is really, I like this particular person. This is Bishop Wooden. Uh, this is a man's man. This is a man's preacher. Uh, he calls it like it is. And he deals with this just the right way, I believe. Preach to your elders. I'm going to preach to you superintendents, pastors, and leaders. We're called to speak up. We're called to say something. Beyonce just release sacrilege. And that's a big word there. The only thing I can account for some of this stuff is somebody done sold their soul to the devil. Now, all I can say to you is this. When you sell your soul to the devil, you get the short end of the stick. Because you, you're not going to live but so long. And when you leave here, what
where you're going, you're going to be there forever. So it's not, it's not, it's not a good deal. I don't care what he gives you. But this piece of trash that's released. And she named it Church Girl. Now, I had thought to try to read the lyrics to you. But I struggled to listen to them. It's too bad. It's too bad. It's not for public consumption. It would, it would be a desecration if I read this. And uh, I don't recommend it. You know, parents, I know all, all your little children, got, they're all of them, three months old, they got a cell phone. But I don't recommend that you let them listen to this. It is, it's, it's, it's the worst. You can, am I right? It's the word. You can't get and to 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 sample the song of a real church lady. Yes, tweak a clock to. I don't know whether she knew what she was going to do with the song or not. Uh she knows she's not saved. I don't talk about anything that's not public. Anything that's public is fair game. And I pray to God that a stiff denunciation of what she did with that song is put out. It shows that we we're not speaking up. Ain't nobody don't nobody respect the church. The world don't respect the church. So you can't win the world enamored by them. I'm just so proud that somebody was going to use my music. What do you mean? You're one of the best in the world. You're preaching, sir. You're preaching, sir. You're preaching, sir. We, we sang for Jesus. I, I tell you what did uh, help me. Uh, Marcella just released what she Released hers. And that's the one you need to buy. <laughs> that's the one. Got a good beat to it. If you feel like shouting, yes, sir. a sanctified, unmistakably sanctified message. Amen. Amen. And you know, can't nobody sing any better. But for to show this kind of disrespect for the church, and what's sad is this: there will be church people who will defend it. But let me tell you something. I'm not, I'm not bothered by those who defend that kind of garbage. I'm bothered by those who say nothing. You're the ones who angers me. Am I right? President, the late President Richard Milhouse Nixon said, nothing hurt him. You know, because, you know, he was criticized for Watergate. 
He said, nothing hurt him as bad as the indifference of his friends. See that? It just bothers me when we go silent, when we go neutral. Do you not know? I'm going to preach this in a minute. Do you not know that in the Bible there are no demilitarized zones? Jesus said he that is not for me is against me and he who is not gathering together is scattering abroad now whose side are you on Well, the Lord hadn't led me to say anything. Uh, God's going to kill you for telling that lie. When the Lord, when the Lord calls you, he, when he calls you, we all call. Y'all said today, I was reading it to you for a reason. You're going to defend the doctrine of the church. You're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, now, when you see obvious wrong, obvious wrong, how much lead, how much do you have to be led to say something against obvious wrong? I tell you one thing about the world, the world don't need any leading. Now I do admire, now I do admire that about him. I, now I, I admit, I, I admire that about the sinner. Now the sinner is committed. So did you notice what he said? He said that he admires that one thing about the sinners. They're committed. We're not. We'll let someone say whatever they want, do whatever they want, defame the name of Christ and the church and we want to act so polite, so calm, so sweet. Well, we'll just let them alone. We'll just pray for them. No, we're not going to do that. What we ought to do is just what he did. Denounce what she says. And anyone else who wants to listen to that stuff, denounce that too. We're going to expose that. That's our job. And this isn't a heresy hunter. This guy is not out there just, as they would say, out there looking for heretics just to see who he can chop, whose head he can chop off. This is a preacher of the gospel. And he said it correctly. It should never be that Christians have to take a backseat or stand in silence when someone is encroaching or offending the gospel. We're not calling, we're not calling for a fight. But we are going to stand up and say what thus saith the Lord, and we're going to defend the gospel. We're going to defend the name of Christ. We should be doing that, and it shouldn't be that we have to wait for some leading of the Holy Spirit. We already have our marching orders. Could you imagine someone telling you to go into battle, tell you this is what you're going to do, and the moment the shelling starts, the moment the shots are fired, the bullets are flying, the missiles are flying, you go back and ask, hey, commander, what should I do? I already told you what to do. I, he said it so right, I almost felt like going back and joining Church of God in Christ. Almost, I wouldn't even mind if they started speaking in tongues. The man said what he had to say, and he said it right. Wouldn't it be awesome if us as believers would do the exact same thing? Okay, now hold up the next one. Now that's that guy's take. So we're going to get another take. This guy is, I think he's a, he must be a musician because he sounds kind of like a musician take, but he's, he, he knows the word, knows the gospel. He's going to do a little bit of dissection in between. He's going to talk and make some points about it. And so therefore, I think it's important for us to understand. Now, out of what the bishop said, one thing that I think, in my opinion, it's hard to determine who's, a, who's saved and who's not and to say someone is going to hell. That's not my job. 
That, that's God's job to determine who's going to heaven or hell. And so there are some people who come to church every Sunday and still do stuff that's outside the will of God. So I don't want to get into the heaven and hell argument about this. I just want to get into the fact that, you know, we need to be mindful that this is out there, and we need to find out if there any common ground in this situation. Amen? Okay, let's go with the next one. Hold your comments to the end. We're going to talk about it after we look at all three opinions. Hey, what's up, everybody? Gerald here, creator of Gospel Chops and your host for this YouTube channel. Got a new video for you guys that I came across earlier today. It's a preacher out of North Carolina by the name of Bishop Patrick Wooten, one of the best uh, known, well-known preachers in the area. And it's, he's no stranger to controversy because he has some very strong opinions on a lot of different issues, and he's not afraid to let his opinions be known. And once again, here we go. Uh, Bishop Wooten was recorded uh, in his own church where he often gives his opinion, uh, stating his opinion on Beyonce's new song, Church Girl, in which she sampled uh, the Clark sister song. And um, the lyrics are quite uh, testy, uh, thotty, maybe even dirty depending on, you know, where you stand on the issue. I would uh, suggest that you Google the lyrics to Beyonce's song, Church Girl, and see if it was appropriate to sample the Clark sisters in a song like that. Now, for context, you have to understand, in the Church of God in Christ, the church in which I was born, the Clark sisters are revered. We're talking about the pinnacle of gospel music over many decades, right? So to take their music, which was advocating for worship and salvation and coming to Christ, and to take that and sample it and place it in a song of this nature that basically calls out church girls to thought it up. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Read the lyrics for yourself. Let's get into what this preacher has to say and you can let me know in the comments if you agree or disagree. I will be live in the comments, but I wanted to share this video with you all. Let's get into it. I want to preach to you missionaries. I want to preach to you elders. I want to preach to you superintendents, pastors, and leaders. Now, wait a minute. Let's give this some context. you got to understand where this preacher's coming from, right? He just told you. Whether you think this message is controversial or not, that's not the point. He just made it very clear. I'm talking to my church. I'm talking to my brethren, right? My church brothers, my church sisters. So if you're offended by this or you're not a part of the church, you're not a part of gospel music, you might not quite understand where he's coming from, but just keep that perspective that he may not be talking to you. He's trying to speak to his own fellow kinmen and women. So let's keep that perspective. Let's go. We're called to speak up. We're called to say something. Beyonce just released sacrilege. It's mm. a strong word. The only thing I can account for some of this stuff is somebody done sold their soul to the devil. 
Now, all I can say to you is this. When you sell your soul to the devil, you get the short end of the stick. Because you, you're not going to live but so long. And when you leave here, where you're going, you're going to be there forever. So it's not, it's not, it's not a good deal. I don't care what he gives you. But this piece of trash that's released. And she named it Church Girl. Now, I had thought Shot to fired. try to read the lyrics to you. But I struggled to listen to them. It's too now, why would you call it church girl? You could have called it anything. But understand, you sampled the Clark sisters, right? One of the most famous runs and riffs in gospel music. You sampled that, made it a part of this song, titled it Church Girl. And well, the lyrics just say the rest. You'll have to check it out. But why? What is your motivation? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to accomplish? Right? If you listen to the song, if you can make out the lyrics, if you can't make it out, just go and read it. And you, you will read line by line and you will say, what role is Beyonce trying to play in this? It seems that, seems that she's, acting like a serpent with forbidden fruit, calling out church girls to come and be a part of something that I know you don't represent, right? At least in the front, at least in the image. Because if you see, if you dig into the lyrics, she's saying, ah, this is what you are. Although you put on your pretty dress and your big hat and you do your thing on Sunday and you're dressing all white and what, this is who you are. I know this is who you are. Read the lyrics. Let's continue. It's too bad. It's too bad. It's not for public consumption. It would, it would be a desecration if I read this. And uh, I don't recommend it. You know, parents, I know all, all your little children, got, they're all of them, three months old, they got a cell phone. But I don't recommend. Neither do I that you let them listen to this. Not the babies. <laughs> it is, it's, it's, it's the worst. You can, am I right? It's the worst. You can't get, and to, 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 to sample the song of a real church lady, yes, tweak a clock to I don't know whether she knew what she was going to do with the song or not. Uh, Couldn't have. She knows she's not saved. Think about that. Now, I don't know if Twinkie owns the rights to the music. They may have went through, you know, some, some other writer or publisher just to get the publishing rights to sample it, like yada, yada, yada. Music, business, jargon, you know. But we don't know if... Twinkie actually authorized the sample if somebody else owns the rights to the music and they authorized it. But I, when you look at the context of the song, you have to wonder, did Twinkie know what she was going to do with this? Did she know 
what this track was going to become? You have to wonder. And you, you know what? I, you have to hope that's not the case. I hope she's surprised by it. She did release a video saying that she was uh, pleased to be on the record. And I, I, I get that part of the game too, because those royalty checks, if, if she's the owner, those royalty checks are going to be pretty nice. But she took a beautiful song and turned it into trash. Let's go. I don't talk about anything that's not public. Anything that's public is fair game. And I pray to God that a stiff denunciation of what she did with that song is put out. Now, understand what he just said. That is a call to action to his peers, fellow pastors, fellow preachers, fellow bishops. Understand, we went over who he's speaking to. Put it in context. He's not talking to the general public. He's saying, look at this, y'all. Look at what was done with something that we hold in such high regard. Look at what was done with this song. This beautiful gospel song has now been sampled and a derivative work has been created using this song. And it ain't got nothing to do with what we represent. I hope, this is what he's telling the, the bishops, his peers, I hope that you stand up and rebuke this because this is not the way. Somebody's got to speak out. Now, he, of course, he's, he's the first one yeah, and, and that's just like his character, right? To be the first one in line to speak his opinion. He's gone viral before. But he's making a call to his peers to stand up and say something because to take a gospel song and flip it like that and call it church girl. Whew, it's heavy. Let's go. It shows that we, we're not speaking up. Ain't nobody, don't nobody respect the church. The world don't respect the church. So you can't win the world enamored by them. I'm just so proud that somebody would want to use my music. What do you mean? You want the best in the world. You're preaching, sir. You're preaching, sir. You're preaching, sir. We, we sing for Jesus. I I tell you what did uh, help me. Uh, Marcella just released what she released hers, and that's the one you need to buy. That's the one. Shameless plug. Got a good beat to it. If you feel like shouting. A sanctified, unmistakably sanctified message. Amen. Amen. And you know, can't nobody sing any better. But for, to show this kind of disrespect for the church, and what's sad is this, there will be church people who will defend it. There will be church people who defend it. There will be church people 
who agree with it. There will be church people who support it. But is it right? That's the question. Is it right? Let me know in the comments. Let's go. Let me tell you something. I'm not, I'm not bothered by those who defend that kind of garbage. I'm bothered by those who say nothing. You're the ones who angers me. Am I right? President, the late President Richard Milhouse Nixon said nothing hurt him. You know, because, you know, he was criticized for Watergate. He said nothing hurt him as bad as the indifference of his friends. Mm. It just bothers me when we go silent, when we go neutral. Do you not know? I'm going to preach this in a minute. Do you not know that in the Bible there are no demilitarized zones. Jesus said, he that is not for me is against me. And he who is not gathering together is scattering abroad. Now whose side are you on? Do we have to pick a side, musicians? As gospel musicians, do we have to solely play gospel? For those who play gospel on Sunday and maybe one night a week during service and then in the club on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and then come and try to shout us down on Sunday. Do we have to pick a side? For those who go on tour with some big name artists and, you know, tour the world and play big stages in front of big crowds and then come back and try to shout us down and, and your shout, your bump sound a little different now since you've been out on the road. You don't shout the same. Do we have to pick a side? Or can we play both sides? Let me know in the comments. Let's go. Well, the Lord hadn't led me to say anything. Uh, God's going to kill you for telling that lie. When the Lord, when the Lord calls you, he, when he calls you, we all call. Y'all said today, I'm reading it to you for a reason. You're going to defend the doctrine of the church. You're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, now, when you see obvious wrong, obvious wrong, how much lead, how much do you have to be led to say something against obvious wrong? I got to admit, when I read the lyrics to the song, it sounded pretty obvious to me. I mean, it looks very obvious on paper. There's no ambiguity. Beyonce is very clear on what she's saying and who she's saying it to. Read the title, Church Girl. I tell you one thing about the world, the world don't need any leading. Now I do admire, now I do admire that about him. I, now I, I admit, I, I admire that about the sinner. Now the sinner is committed. 
And there you have it, y'all. Crazy, crazy video by one of the most well-known Church of God in Christ bishops in North Carolina, Bishop Patrick Wooten. Talking about the Beyonce song, Church Girl, and the sampling of the Clark sisters to use in a song of that nature. What are your thoughts? What are your questions? What are your concerns? Meet me in the comments and let's keep the conversation going. All right? Like the video, share the video, subscribe to the channel so we can get more musicians involved in the conversation. As I always say, always remember and never forget, without the gospel, it's just chops. Until next time, y'all. Okay. Peace. So now you see a second opinion. Now, the third one is G. Craig. He's not as long because he's going to be brief to the point. But G. Craig Lewis is, he's not going to play the clip, so you won't have to see the clip again. But he's going to add some other information to this argument. And uh, as always, G. Craig Lewis is, you know, he did a whole series years ago on hip hop. Y'all may remember that when he just, uh, uh, you know, just kind of went out and exposed a lot of things that was behind the making of hip hop music and all that. So he's, he's, he's probably a little bit more against this than those two guys. Uh, him and the bishop probably on the same sheet of music. Him and the bishop is probably right there, okay? But anyway, you know, G. Craig, he makes some good points. Now, he's going to tie a couple things to some scriptures to kind of support what his argument is, okay? And then we'll talk about it after he finishes. There's a line of a song I wrote that Beyonce included in her new song, Church Girl. I said, now drop it like a body, drop it like a body. Bad girl at the naughty church girl, don't hurt nobody. Praise God. Don't drop it. Don't look back at it. 
But everything else you pretty much can do. got the truth behind hip-hop coming full circle um everything that was talked about in these videos 1 through 13 uh is be beginning to come to pass and it's very sad to see one thing we must remember though is that you know the world wants a an excuse or they want validation for their behavior so by being coerced to take the money and the fame in exchange for their souls. They have to have some kind of outward uh, assurity that they can still be redeemed or that they can still be with God. That's why you see these guys always skirting the line with what is abominable and um, you know to us, but they use it as an opportunity to really try to show that Jesus is with them in some kind of way. You got the baby uh, coming out with this video where he's mocking Christ. He's on the cross. Uh, then you have Kendrick Lamar, who is, you know, uh, wearing the crown of thorns, just like Kanye West did uh, years ago. Then you have Kanye West himself in front of a church with uh, Marilyn Manson and other artists cursing and using foul language and all this. And then you have uh, Beyonce coming out with this song, Church Girl, where she's using vulgar lyrics, but she sampled an actual Clark sister song. She's, um, you know, trying to basically say that uh, church girls can get wild and whorish and whatever. But, you know, these people, they're really trying to uh, have their cake and eat it too, basically. They sold their souls to the devil. They know that their music will take them and you to hell. So they have to have some kind of earthly validation from the church to feel better about what it is uh, that they've done um, with their souls. And so this is why we see this merge you see Snoop Dogg coming and merging with gospel artists. You see Beyonce sampling gospel artists. You see these different secular artists and entities coming together. Uh, Janae Aikio, who's with Mamali Music. And all of these guys are trying to come together to try to get the validation of the church. And the Bible talks about this you know, profaning the holy name of God in front of the heathens. Ezekiel 36 and 22 says, Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whether ye went. So in going in among the heathen, instead of rebuking them and coming against what they were doing, they join with them. They join forces with them. And God is not going to allow you to join with the very thing that is destroying us or the very thing that we're supposed to be opposed to. And there must be 
a difference that this has to be a difference but because the church is coming in and validating these artists they feel that you know they can mix the sacred and the profane because you're mixing the sacred and the profane and we don't even want to talk about the christian fans that follow them that go to their concerts that listen to them and you know support them but not just the fans but the gospel artists themselves always buddying up with them and you know uh giving them a pass which does not correct them. And so they keep their allegiance to the enemy and they bring that into the church, into our young people. And this is why we gotta draw the line as believers and make sure we are not mixing the sacred with the profane. Make sure that we are not mixing the unfruitful works of darkness with our light works. Ephesians 5 and 11 says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So you cannot embrace those that fight against God, those that promote ungodly acts. You cannot join with them in any way. There has to be a difference. As being a believer and having the light of Christ in you, you're not supposed to find pleasure in what they're doing. What they're doing should upset you. Their lyrics should bother you, especially if you have children. If you have children, why in the world would you want anybody close to Beyonce around your kid? Quoting lyrics, you know, on her new album, the one with Church Girl, she has a song called uh, Cozy. And this song, Cozy, she's basically giving the LGBT a pass, the transgender, and just be whatever you want to be. The lyrics are, she, she starts it off with a curse word, um, D, I love the burning of the dagger from the words that you say. F, yeah, dancing in the mirror, kiss my scars because I love what they made. She's a god. She's a hero. She survived all she's been through. Confidence. She lethal. May I suggest you don't F with my sis because she's comfortable. Comfortable in my skin, cozy with who I am. Comfortable in my skin, cozy with who I am. So a homosexual or a lesbian will hear these lyrics and begin to believe that they can be comfortable in their skin. She also says in this same song, comfortable in my skin, feet up above your sins. I love myself, God D, cozy, cozy. So basically just embrace the sin, live in the sin as long as you love yourself. These are the lyrics that they're singing. And I see so many Christians put these songs behind their videos on Instagram and TikTok. They put these uh, artists behind what they're doing. Some of them are even trying to preach truth or trying to give a positive message. And they put these artists behind them. Y'all don't understand. I've been talking about this for many, many years. And it's gotten so bad now, you can't even look at a music video without seeing some kind of anti-Christ, anti-God images uh, shown. And it's just very sad to see. But the Bible said in 2 Timothy 3 and 2, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. And that's what we're seeing now, boasters. The Christians boasting about being with the secular artist and being on top or whatever. And then the these worldly ones being blasphemers where they're showing images against God, anti-God images. Romans 1 and 32 is very a very interesting scripture. It says, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same 
but have pleasure in them. So if you have pleasure in what they're doing, you're just as guilty as the ones doing it. And now listen, nobody's perfect. We all have to make sure that we're doing what is right in every way. But we cannot go after the gods of the world. We cannot go after these artists and promote them if they are promoting an agenda that is against our Lord. So we got to remember, whether it's Beyonce, whether it's Kanye West, whether it's Kendrick Lamar or whoever it is, these artists have sold their souls to the devil. If they've sold their souls to the devil and you join in with them, guess where your soul is? comments all three centered around you know this song and again like I said before sampling has been around for years it's not new I mean people sample music all the time but the question is is that at some point in time is there a crossing of the line I mean do you cross the line or do the church embrace something and when the church embrace it uh, by embracing it it is like we're endorsing it if we embrace that crossing of the line and so tonight what I just want to do is I want to read something that Paul uh, wrote to the Corinthian church when he was trying to say, you know, we got a difficult challenge before us because one, I don't want to sound like the guy said about the bishop. The bishop was talking to a certain audience. He was talking to Church of God in Christ. Church of God in Christ has always been a strict by the letter of the law denomination. I mean, always. But they've had more scandals in the Church of God in Christ than they had in any other church. I mean, I mean, they don't have their shell scandals, so they ain't clean. G. Craig has always been G. Craig. I mean, he, he is going to support what he's saying. He's very stern in what he believes and how he believes it. And the other guy, like I said, like a musician, he just kind of, you know, kind of flowed between both of them. But I think from what I saw, all three of them kind of say, maybe Queen B crossed the line this time. Maybe she fired shots over the bow by naming it Church Girl. You know, maybe she could have called it, you know, naughty girl, called it any kind of girl. But when you say church girl and you read those lyrics, now it ain't play them up, but when you read the lyrics to it, you know, I had to go to, to my best friend, you know, uh, a Siri, and ask Siri what a thought it was. Keisha had told me, but I forgot. But when I found out what a thought it was, I said, ooh, she said that? Ooh. And then how she going to stack it? And they're going to be throwing the money at her. And then if she calling out a church girl, and I don't know what she's saying is that, hey, there are young girls or people in churches who really want to get out there and have a good time and party, party, party. But they go to church on Sunday and they're all stiff, stiff, stiff. But then when they get to the party, I don't know. You go read the lyrics for yourself and you can come to that conclusion. But what I want us to challenge tonight is, huh? Now, well, you know, I, I could have found the lyrics, could have put them up there, but like I said, she got some MFs in there and some other stuff in there. You know, we could have blanked it out, but, you know, it, 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 like the bishop was right. It is bad. I mean, it, 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 but, but again, she wasn't writing it to Pastor Bolden. She was writing it to a generation that hear that word all the time and all the videos they watch. She was writing it to a secular art, a, a audience. She wasn't writing it to me because I ain't going to buy her music. I, I'm, I'm beyond that age. Okay, I don't, I don't buy her music. But she's writing it to an audience that's 
in our, that could be a part of our family, the church family, that's still young and listen to secular music, which is, there's nothing sinful about listening to secular music. Let me say that right off the bat. But I do think you got to have a, a, a discerning spirit to learn every secular song may not be for you. But I can't tell you you're going to heaven or hell based upon you listening to a song of music. Okay? So, so that's not the argument here. I think the argument here is that how do we as a church, and you know, especially the church members who are my age, how do we take this as a learning moment and say, okay, if there is a young person out there who is still a Beyonce fan, but they come to church on Sunday, and they probably already got the song when it dropped. I mean, they already got it. And because of the circles that they run in, how do we let them know that, hey, having that song, I don't agree with some of the things G. Craig said. I don't agree that, you know, that I can say someone's going to hell just because they got a Beyonce song. I think a little strong there. I do agree with what the scriptures say when you mix the profane and, 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 and you know, and the godly together, you, you start merging those things, the lines get blurred. And when the lines get blurred, you know, people can become confused and the church begins to look more like the world than it does the church. But even with that said, as Christians, we have an obligation to try to win souls. And obviously, you ain't going to win souls beating them over the head all the time. We're going to have to find a happy medium in there. And where is that happy medium? How far is Major willing to go to win someone's soul to the Lord long as he knows he's not going to compromise his principles or sin, you know? And I believe how far each and one of us are willing to go is going to be different. I don't believe that there's going to be a market that we all say, I will stop here. I think our past experiences, where we come from, who we are, how strong we are in the Lord, will determine the length that we will go to try to get somebody saved. So I would tell anybody, hey, if you got a friend, they invite you to the strip club, and you know you came out of the strip club, and you still weak in the flesh, you may not want to go there to try to win their soul. You may not want to accept the challenge from them to say, hey, you come to the club with me on Friday and I'll go to church with you on Sunday. You may not can accept that challenge. You know you still weak in your flesh. You don't need to go there. But if you know God has delivered you from that and you want to cut a deal with him and say, hey, you go, I'll go there with you if you come to church with me on Sunday and let's see who wins. But if you know you can't do that, then don't go there. And then when you, you know, because you could get pulled back into something that you've been delivered from if you've given up that devil's life. And again, I can't say, you know, and classify everything that people do as sin. And let me say this before I start reading. I was talking to somebody earlier, you know, uh, again, I used movies. It's an occupation. If Adrian was a movie star, she done went to school to be a movie star, she done went to school to be a movie star, and she want to be on the A-list, there are certain movies you have to be in to get on the A-list. And now, one person may say, I'm going to accept that role that I got to do a news shot in. And Adrian may come along and say, well, hey, that ain't for me. I'm going to stay B-lister right now because I won't accept that role. Or if they do that, I'm not going to be in that scene because there are people who don't, can't separate my professional life as an entertainer, a movie star, to who I am. Because some people think she's the same person on the screen as she is when she leaves the screen. And that ain't always the case. There are a lot of people who play roles that they are nothing like when they come off the stage. But if someone can't make that distinction, they could be influenced by that person. 
So there are actors out there who selectively choose certain roles. But then there are some who are in the, in the game trying to make a living that they can't turn down certain roles. So that's a, one of those moral calls that I can't say that's right or wrong. No different than I could say a major. If you had went to school to be a bartender and you wanted the best bartenders in this area, all of a sudden you got saved now, should you quit your job? Because that's your profession. They, you, that's what you went to school for. Now, if the spirit convicts you and says, hey, you need to go and get another profession, that's one thing. But I can't tell you, hey, maybe it's a sin for you to have that profession. But some people may do that. So what, what Paul was trying to get the, the believers to see here is that, hey, man, we are free in a lot of areas. But even though we are operating in freedom when we're trying to win others, we got to make sure that we don't compromise what we are trying to do. So now let me just read this from you, and I'm going to be quick, and then I'll open up for comments because we've got about 30 minutes that we can talk about this. He says this in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 19 through 23, and he was talking about all his rights. He had talked about as an apostle early in the chapter, what he could do, what he didn't do, how he, he, he became all things to all people. But he kind of culminated in, in this part when he started talking about the length and the extremes that he went to to win someone to the Lord. He says now, in verse 19, in 1 Corinthians, is it first, I said 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, verse 19 through 23. He says, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people. Y'all there? I have become a slave to all people. Why? To bring many to Christ. So that means that I take people in consideration when I'm trying to win them to the Lord. And so therefore, I'm willing to do certain things that is not unlawful or illegal in order to win major to the Lord. Everybody can't do that. And so this message, you know, if you know that ain't you and you can't go to that extreme to try to win someone to the Lord, you're going to have to stay in your comfort zone where you know you are because you don't want to get into this arena and then all of a sudden find out that, hey, you know, a good example. If you know you're going to be offended by lyrics, don't read them. Don't Google, Google the song. It's going to take you back. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. Don't say, I went to church. The pastor told me to read Beyonce. No, I'm telling you right now. It's ugly. <laughs> it's ugly. And if you look up the word, you're going to say it's real. And it's going to make you want to know, which church girl is she talking about? It made me wonder. I had no, well, didn't Beyonce start out singing with Destiny Child and all that? They were good little. They, they grew up in the church. So I got a feeling that, you know, like I said, art imitate life and life imitate art. She may be talking from some. Let me just read on. He said, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. That's the end game for us. We want to be in the business trying to bring people out of the world into the kingdom of God. But sometimes in order to do that, you have to go into the world to get them. You can't do that just sitting in here in the church. We have to interact with the world because God 
He saved us, but he didn't bring us out of the world. He left us in the world. But he told us to be, not to be of the world. So we got to know how to navigate our way through the music. And, and especially those of you who got children or grandchildren, I guarantee you, when they go to school, they don't heard this. You don't know. Just like we were talking in the office a couple of weeks, months back about Cardi B. I didn't even know who no Cardi B was. I ain't never heard no Cardi B. But these kids know. And some of them come right here on Sunday morning. And they know who Cardi B is. She worshiped Beyonce. But we can't stick our head in the sand and say, don't, 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 and, and give the kids some type of explanation why. You got to kind of take them through it and tell them why you're opposed to it instead of just saying, don't, 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 because I'm telling you that ain't going to work. Ain't going to work. So we can't come across like legalists instead of being open mind enough to have that conversation with our teenagers, with your grandchildren. Find out what they, what's in their heart and in their mind. Then, now you can become all things to them and try to say, okay, let me show you where that's wrong. And then, let me say this, because I want to be clear. Don't start off where you are now. Because when you look at Beyonce from where you are now, you're going to look at her with a set of eyes that have been kind of purified and cleaned up. you got to look at it from, you used to be back there too. So don't come across like you ain't never, they just didn't call it thotty. Back in the day, we called it something else. But some of them been there. You didn't go to club just to leave that by yourself. I know I'm telling the truth. I mean, y'all ain't got to sit inside to play me. Get a mic, Lisa. <laughs> you got it? You got to hold it down, yeah. Yeah, what I want to know is, like, the bishop, what does he want the church to do? Because I'm not going to buy her record anyway. So it's like, and how you send the girl to hell and saying she ain't saved? We don't know, you know. And and there was a dispute. I remember a DJ up in Atlanta, when Snoop Dogg and Rance Allen won the Stella, either the Gospel Award, the Grammy thing or something for that song they did. And he said, why? Does the church, like, it could be okay that way, but, like, if you did what Beyonce did, use the church song in a secular thing, then they all in an uproar. He did ask that question. I remember that. Yeah. But, I mean, right away, he's already sending the girl to hell, though. And, and that's questionable. I don't think the bishop got that approval, even though he was a bishop. Mm. You know, again, like the guy said in the second video, he was talking to his people. And his people are used to that type of language in Church of God and Christ. I mean, they, they talk about hell and fire and brimstone and tell you where you're going. So, I mean, that's common talk. It used to be when I was in Church of God of Christ. I mean, you couldn't even get your hair pressed if you were a woman or wear no makeup, wear no... I mean, so, so some of them are still very legalistic in that regard. But, but I don't think God is concerned about, you know, makeup and hair and all. I, I, I just don't think. I think God is bigger than that. 
It's about what's in our heart. But my thing is that we as Christians, those of us who know, have to have a position of how do we reach that young person? How do we reach that young person without sounding condemning? You know, and just, it's easy for me to go right in there and just say, yeah, I wouldn't buy the record. I could say just what the bishop say is trash and da-da-da-da-da because the MF word is in and all that. But that ain't going to stop our young folk from listening to it. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And, and, you know, even if Twinkie signed off on it. Now, Twinkie signed off on it, we don't know, but it looked like from G. Craig's tape that she may have signed off on it. But if she did, it's business. Like the guy said, business. Me signing off on it, every time somebody bought it, I get royalties off of it. I wrote it. So that's business. That's income coming to me. Now, I would hope that if she did, she donate the income to, to, to a church girl who may be thotty to help her get out of thottiness. It's a thought. Okay, well, he said thotty. That the, in, in the lyrics, it say thotty. Okay, I, I don't know. I, I, like I say, I had to have Siri to help me with that. Siri had to help me with that one. Siri had to help me with stack. The word stack in the song, there was a couple more in there. I had to go to Siri. What, what does that mean? Because if you don't know what it means, you'd be clapping the something and saying, wow, that what that mean? Because these kids, they mean the same term, Major, that we used to use a long time ago, but they're just saying them with new language. And so we clapping and going on, don't know. You know, you got to be educated. Major, let me, go ahead, Major, yeah, we are, we're at the talking point now. So, I, I could understand, so, if he's against vulgar music, okay, and because she, was it because it's named Church Girl, did he have a problem with that? Yes, I think that's it, main thing, the title. So, so I mean, but we, can, we can't pick and choose, we, we can't say, okay, if we're going to say, if you're denouncing vulgar music, okay. But then you got to denounce some other things too. You gotta, you gotta denounce uh, the way that person is acting. Even if it, it, an artist, he was saying, okay, because it's named Church Girl and because of the Clark Sisters' music, okay. But are you denouncing all vulgar music? And if you're denouncing vulgar music, are you denouncing vulgar movies? Are you, are you denouncing Tyler Perry? Are you denouncing that too? We can't. We can't pick and choose. Now, now we become hypocritical. Yeah, and, and that's the point. And and you know when Tyler Perry started the mud yeah. thing years and years ago before he became a billionaire, the church had a problem with it because he was mocking the church, making fun of the church, and all that stuff, and, and dressing like a woman, and da 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 da. The church, some church had a serious problem with that. Well, but it, but it but it was the church people that were buying his videos. Yeah, you're right. Still watch them now. So, so I mean, it's, it, I know, I know, it can't be all or nothing. But we gotta watch what we're doing. We're being hypocritical in the in the in the eyes of the people that we're we're best, the kids that we're saying, don't buy that, don't buy that. But then we're picking and choosing what we're telling them not to do or buy. Well, I, and I think that that's what we have to educate and then let people do their own discerning and what how they want to live. Because we can't get so so caught up in that where we try to become down to the T to tell folk they can't do this and can't do that because now someone can say, is this sinful? If it's not sinful, what are you, what are you tripping over? If, it, if it's not a sin. 
Now, they're hypocritical, but is, is it, if they're, are they doing something that is totally sinful? And like, like I said earlier, you know, this thing with music, this is not new. It's been around a long time, all the way back when Sam Cooke and them came out to church and started singing music. This has been around a long time. And the church has always kind of embraced it on the slide because, like, like the guy and the musician said, hey, and your son's a professional musician. You could ask Aaron this question. He's, he's big time, big enough to, for a guy to come in town and say, hey, man, I hear you can play. Will you play a set with me on Saturday night? And hey, here's what I'm willing to pay you to play for me. And Aaron got to say, okay, this guy is a secular artist, but he's just looking for somebody who can play music. And then now Aaron got a choice to make. Can I play for him on Saturday night and then go into church on Sunday morning and play for my choir? Is, is that sinful? No, because that's how he eats. That's, that's, his, that's his business. No, no, I'm not, I didn't say that. I didn't say that trying to be funny, but that's his. He went to school for music, and that's what he does. He just does it for a church, but professionally, that's how he eats. That's his job, to play, to play music, to get paid to do that. So that's how he eats. Okay, and, 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 so I, and, I, and I agree. So you're saying that, hey, I can play in the church on Sunday, and then now when, you know, uh, such and such come into town and want me to play a set with them on Friday and Saturday night, I can go do that and come back to the church. Hey, I was just on the job. That was my job. I was, that's my profession. Exactly, Pastor. And, and the caveat to that is he tells me that that's what they hire in the church. They hire musicians. They don't care whether you're saved or not. He says there are people that get up there on Sunday morning with him that are not part of the church. They hire musicians. When they put out a call, they don't say, well, you have to be saved or you have to attend this church. They say, we're hiring you as a piano player. We're hiring you as a guitarist. We're hiring you as a drummer, not that you attend church. It's, it's, it's business. Okay. I, and uh, I, a musician and is a musician to them. Yeah, yeah. Amen. And brother, and hold on to that thought. Brother Herb and then Sister Adrian. One of the things that uh, we have to remember is that uh, is that what kind of relationship do you have with God? Are you talking to God on a regular basis to be able to know of the things that you need to be speaking and walking? He will give you the answer to what you need to do. I, I'm just, just, he will tell you, he will give you, I mean, you just got to privilege what you just got to use preaching about. The privilege to be able to go into the Lord's throne to be able to speak to the Lord. He will give you the heart and guide you with every decision that needs to be done to address where you need to do and where you, where you need to go. Okay. And, and so it won't be man making you and telling you in a sense, but God will give you in, with that direction where you need to go. And, and, and that's to me, that's the key is how much that you have, because Jesus said, I can't do anything with God because my father tell me what I need to do. Mm -hmm. Paul, you're going to talk about Paul. Paul had an order. Because Paul was, was assigned to talk to the Gentiles. So he can make that statement, what you just got to saying, because God told you, told him, go talk to the Gentiles. That means, he didn't say a different Gentile, he said the Gentiles. That's all of them. So, so he can make that statement. Let me ask you this, sir. Before you, okay. I just want, before you go to the line, I just want to be clear. 
Yes. Are you trying to say then, in the example that Major just gave, that his son is a professional and God should tell him not to play both sides? Or he should just play for the church and not play, not get a gig that's going to pay him $1,000 an hour because that's his profession. You're saying he shouldn't do that? I, I, would, say to me, I would say to this. God, if he talked to God, if he talked to God, have a relation with God, he will, he will let him know where he needs to be. Okay. That's what I'm saying. That's what, that's what I'm saying. If, if I say to, for him to make a decision to where he needs to be, and you're saying that the privilege, of what, what, what I'm saying about, about privilege, you're talking about money now. I mean, you said my Lord will provide for my every needs. If, you, if you're going to talk about money now. But I'm saying to where I need to be as a position and where I need to go. If you have a relationship with God, he will let you in your heart to let you know where you need to be. Then let me ask you this, sir. Oh, come on. Then when you was in the military and you was on a gunship that killed people, did, did God ever speak to you and say, maybe I shouldn't have this job of killing people? I'm, 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 I'm trained to be kill a killer. Yes. And I know the Bible says, thou shalt not kill, but I'm trained, and they pay me to kill. Okay. Since you... Bring that my my that's that's my past. But no, you no, think no, that's no, for I'm twenty not, years. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the question to you, Pastor. <laughs> when, when I'm just saying, I did not have that type of relationship. Once I have crossed that line in the sense of what my professional will, but at, at that point in time, now my 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 profession in a sense. Now I'm here, now Lord. How do I address myself as walking as? As a gunner, as an information as being what I'm doing today, what I'm saying. So he gave me to a point where I said, now I had a different outlook what I was doing. Did you get that outlook before you no, turned no, 20 get, years no, in? No, I didn't have that relationship with God. No, no, no. My point is, when did you get saved, her? When I got saved? Yeah, was you a gunner when you got saved? When I got, no. Was you, did you get saved while you I, were I got gunner? I got saved after I was being a gunner. Okay, so you, so you went some time yes. saved and gunning at the same time? Yes, I got saved after and I, when they I, sent made, I made over the, my commitment. And when we went over the desert storm, if you had been tossed go that you would have went. What's that again now? You was on when we went to desert storm. When if we had went to go to desert storm, would you have gotten out of the airport and say, I'm a conscientious objector now that I'm saved? Or would you say, this is my career and I got, I'm only two years away from retirement, so I'm going to go ahead and do what I got to do. I'm just asking. Yes. Yes. I'm going at the apron. But the, but the thing is that one of the things, you know, you're putting that put myself in for this nation. I, I, I'm part of this nation. Okay. I'm a patriot of the but nation. But you didn't have to join the military. You could have got out. But yeah. That's a choice. That I had a choice. choice. Okay. I had a choice. So these people are making a? Yes. Okay. That's yes. all I'm trying to get to. They're making a choice. And I don't want to be no so critical on a musician, and I ain't critical on the military. But we could have easily said, like yeah, the, the Seven-Day Adventists and the other group, we, we are not going to go in the military. But I understand that, Pastor, but I'm also saying this. If you have a relationship with God, God will put you, well, you, you should be able to speak to him, and he'll let you know. Okay. So he said it was okay. I'm asking you, did he tell you it was okay then? Did he give you a peace I, about I, it? I had peace with it, what I was doing. Okay. I had peace with what I was doing because one of the things is about being in the nation. I, I was supporting the nation that I live in. Okay. 
And one of the things is, is that when, you, you know, it says, follow the orders of your we authority. We all did that. Or your authority. And there's so, some. So the mission, my, my mission, now, if, if, he, if, if, if my, if I say like this, if they told me to do something illegally to hurt someone, I would say no. But that, you could have did like Muhammad I mean, Ali. I, I, you, I, I, we could have did. You could have said, hey, I'm not going over to Vietnam and kill people I ain't never seen. You could have said, I ain't going. I'm, I'm just like Ali. I ain't going over there because I got a, a, a thing about that, even though I'm in this nation. But we made a choice. Made a choice. I, I made a choice for 28 years, Eric. Yes. Okay. Yes. But you, but you also made it, made, made it a choice to a point okay. where to defend the they military, they, right? They, you think what they told us to go and do, you thought it was right to do that. I signed up for Not it. I took an oath and said I would do it. That's right. I mean, but I could have got out. But the thing is, but you didn't also do, Pastor. I don't. That's I mean, why. You, I mean, you was. That's why I can make a distinction if someone say this is my job. If I'm a bartender, and I, I won't, I can say I wouldn't do it, but I can't say it's morally wrong for you to do it. That's what I would say. But on my point is still, I will say that if you speak to the Lord, he will let you know. Amen. I, I, I'm just saying. That I'm, I, I agree with that true. part. I, okay. I'm not saying everybody's going to hear the same way, though. Adrian. Okay, Adrian, so we can move on. I think we might be um, confusing your uh, personal conviction, which is you, you having that relationship with God and you having this profession and God telling you whether you should do this job or not. Yeah, that's real. God can tell you, hey, this is not for you and it's up to you to make that decision on whether you want that job or not. But I think we might be leaning so much in that area that we're forgetting that the definition of sacrilegious is a desecration or a violation of something that is held sacred, mocking Jesus Christ. And there's a difference where you mock the things of God. That There's no question on, oh, if you work as a bartender, it's sacrilegious. But if you use church girls, something that's supposed to be held sacred, something that is supposed to be, and you mock that, drop it like it's hot, work it out, because you got to get up and go to church in the morning, it's a, it's a bit of a difference. It's a difference on I need to decide whether this profession is for me and God is speaking to my heart, letting me know, Adrian, this job ain't for you. Versus, come on, church girl, drop it like it's hot. It's a difference. And sacrilegious, sacrilegious, being sacrilegious is different than being having a personal relationship with God and having that conviction. I think we're confusing the two conversations. What, what they're trying to discuss is, the church is being mocked. The church has been mocked. Yeah, there's been the merging. Yeah, there's been the blending. But where do we stand? Are we blurring the lines on the decisions that we make and the things that we decide to, decide to do as far as a church body and as far as Christians? Amen. That's what it's about. Yeah, there's some personal conviction that has to take place with the things you decide to do in your personal life. But there's a distinct difference on what sacrilegious is. When there's a... It's just... Clean and pure as day when you are mocking the things of God and Jesus Christ. And he said, God shall not be mocked. Amen. He will not be mocked. So it's just clear to me on something that is wrong. Wrong is wrong and right is right. Let's not get confused with, 
oh, because I have this job and this is my profession, this is how I make money, is that, no, God will, you work with God. And you know what, you might have started out in that job and you didn't have the relationship you had at the time and God somewhere along and say, hey, this is not for you. Now, do we say that for somebody who is in the world? They may start out where they are, but we don't know what God has planned and what God has in store for their lives and where they'll end up. But we don't need to mistake and call right wrong and wrong right. That's not it either. Amen. 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 Keisha, wait, wait let, me, let me get Keisha in order. I want to finish reading this, though. Boy, I didn't know. Ooh, Lord, I know. But anyway, go ahead, Keisha. You got two minutes. Okay. I grew up Church of God in Christ. And when I heard this song, I think it was a reason why she chose that particular faith. Church of God in Christ, very strict on everything they did. And when I was a little girl, I've said this before, I would go to the bishop. My grandmother almost took my head off from having a conversation with how they reverence these men in this church and how they talk about the women in the church and how they... This man literally told me the reason why they wear the sleeves down to here and the legs down to here and all this kind of stuff so the men won't struggle, right? So this is growing up in Church of God of Christ. Anybody else who ever done it? No. It's beyond your belief in Christ. It's beyond the Bible. It's what somebody created and decided what was right and wrong. So I believe, honestly, we're sitting here talking about them mocking the church, but we know this stuff goes on. We know there's women that are in the church because when I was younger, there was tons of them having babies. They wasn't named Mary. It was something going on. And so we need to be addressing those things to help them to try to figure it out. And I don't condone what Beyonce say by no means. I don't, just all of that, all of the things that go along with that. But the conversation should be more about what Pastor was saying originally. How are we helping those young girls? Because I teach at a high school every day where thought don't mean nothing. The B word don't mean nothing. The MF word don't mean nothing. They're so just, it don't, it don't even do nothing to them. I, I had them, and, and I'm almost done, we, we were having a discussion about what artists motivate you. They talk about NBA Youngboy. So I put one of his songs on that they said is a motivational song. I couldn't get through 30 seconds of it for all of the cussing and all of the, the how he talked about women. So then I asked the student, I said, well, what made him so motivational? He said, because... He beat his gun charge and decided that he was going to take care of his kids. He's 22 years old with multiple children. I said, and this is your example? This is who you listen to? And, and I mean, he was strong about it, how he believed in NBA Youngboy. He walks around, and I'm talking about, all, it, it's ridiculous how much they idolize him. And this is not just one class. I teach six classes of seniors, and 50% of them put that on they, who they look up to. So we have to be real serious, yes. She may have bought the attention to it, but let's have a real conversation about what we're doing with these children while we're sitting around here all saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay, that's the bigger discussion. You know, how do we talk to that generation that's already ahead of us when it comes to that? Because they're not living in a cocoon. They, they know what's going on around them. Myrna, can you be real quick? Because I want to read the scripture. What I wanted to say, sometimes it's not even who or what them saying. It's what them teaching these young people today. Because we are not teaching them how to receive the world or the word. You see, it's two different things. 
these children then look up to these stars them like if they are gods to them. These babies is dancing and dropping it like it hat more than what praying is all about. When I raised my kids, the first thing I taught them was how to pray before they go to bed. Today, the parents then give them a phone, they put them on a computer, and they show them how to dance and go down and come up. They can't whine more than me, okay? That's not how we want to raise these kids, them. but what we're teaching them is what's out there. We're not teaching them what's in here. Amen. And I think, you know, we got to teach them the word of God, I, you know, but at the same time, we got to be smart enough to know that they are getting educated from Disney. They're getting educated at school. They're getting educated on television shows they watch, that we watch. I've been looking at this uh, show, uh, uh, Family Reunion, you know, and it's a clean show. I mean, it's a clean show, but they got little hidden messages even in that, you know, to try to bring in things that if you're not a discerner, you can say, oh, man. Okay, they slipped that one in. And these are people who, you know, are, are pretty, you know, playing part of a church family, and then it's just how the world is, you know. And, 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 and the world will ease things in, but if you're not discerning, you know, you won't know. Sister Ann, I want to give you an opportunity. I'm going to finish reading this so we can get out of here on time. You got a mic? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have your hand up? Go ahead. You got a mic? Go ahead. Why you got, while Sister Ann is coming. Go ahead. Um, I... Well, hold on one second, Sister Anna. Hold on just one second. Um, I'm, I'm 21, so um, I understand. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I understand both sides of the culture. So I finally got saved and gave my life to God when I turned 19. So, and I still went through the struggle of like, oh, I want to go out and party. I wanted to do this of the world. I still have my friends doing this and that and the third. But like she said, that was a, it's a distinction between right and wrong. I, that was wrong. I mean, like you said, just using your discernment. I know that I can't go out to this party, that party, because I got delivered from that. So I know I can't go back there. I can't go back into the world and grab those people because I know I'm not ready for that. Amen. Um, and it's also how it's, how it's, it's brought to me. So I don't want to be condemned about this, that, and the third, because it's most of the time, like you said, it's how you reach out to the younger generation. Most of the time, we're condemned, like, you shouldn't do this, or you shouldn't do that, or it's just, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, and how you bring it to me. Amen. Like, I don't condemn any of my friends that are still doing what they do. I tell them, this is that, this is the third one, you know, I'll meet you where you are, so just meet me where I am. Amen. Amen. Good comment. Good comment. Thank you so much. Sister Anna, you got two minutes. I just like to say what Sister Edgerton said. Are you, are you really believing what God said? All right. And I was young. I was looking for first job. We talked about bartender and all that. Uh, I had to get a job for the, my mother-in-law because nobody now had been her living expenses. So I prayed and I prayed. I was in Japan. They only allowed me to uh, give me a job and cocktail waitress. I don't, I don't know what is a cocktail waitress mean either. But I went. They hired me and they called me, so I went over there. Then they told me I have to serve them drink. I thought to be a man. Everything they want me. I don't know that. I'm just 
I know there's a different difference in name. And then I ordered her or first night I did, then one young man came. Well, I was young at that time, was in 1980. And then he ordered make a love drink. I didn't understand what he mean. I thought that he ordered make a love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So, I mean, so I, I just looked at him. I dropped the tray. I dropped the tray. Oh my goodness, he want me. <laughs> he ordered me. And, I don't know what he, and so I just went to the bathroom. I cried, cried, cried. And then I come home. I drove come home. They, I went to uh, uh, my husband in an airport. And uh, I, watch, uh, I was uh, working at uh, uh, Marine Base. And so anyway, and then with the following day, Gwani starting call me. He said, we realize that, Miss Singletary, we realize that you're not qualified that cocktail waitress. <laughs> <laughs> you, see, you see that? I and did not tell you something. Before I was taking that job, I pray, my church people pray, and I have a dream, say, and somebody came to me somewhere, it was a whole desert, it's nothing but that sand, then was a plant come up from that, de uh, come up from that desert, it spread whole that desert, it's a pure green, and I keep having that dream, and one of my brothers then took and said, she said, I have a funny dream. And he go take the lion place. But you come out from the lion. And I, I don't know exactly what he said, but he said he want to use you. He want to use somehow. Anyway, that's why I took that job. I believe that maybe God will make me survive. And so, however, then Gwani Sajin called me. And he said, Miss Singletary, we will I did that. You're not qualified for that. So, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to make you working at the cashier. Uh, cashier cage. Amen. And then, I, and then guess what? I started passing through that little, little Bible. Those Marines go out there uh, training six months and come back that rotated. So I kept passing on to them. Then I starting to one person taking that church is a 45 minutes from the airport, including the airport to that uh, marine base. However, then it was really the, uh, so many people come, later we could take to the minibus, go pick them up, and then after service, take them. Then later on, school bus. Because I keep passing, I tell them about how God is good, good to me. I don't tell them, hey, you must believe me. I said, God has blessed me. I'm here to meet you. What a great to meet you. And God love you. God been blessing you. Just like you, God been blessing me. God bless my family. And I don't, and, and say, whenever you go, remember, God will be with you. Wherever you go, whatever training you go through, just remember that. That's all I, I said. I don't have much to come anyway. That's all I, that's why I say, like Sister Anthony said, what else new? How did God, is, you know, to bring out from that? And then I thank God after they have that job and work in bank and a school, you know, and become a civil service and all that. 
So just like you did say, are you are you willing to take it there to God? That's huge. <laughs> God will be used you just you sign up for it. Just like I signed up for my job, that's what I did. That's how how we do. You know, Amen. God. Amen. Amen. We thank you. Thank you. And, and again, I, I thank you for sharing that, you know, and uh, and seeing that, you know, God can use us no matter where we're at. And, and you know, you, you found that, you know, one thing don't work for you, something else may work for you. Okay? And real quick, I'm going to read this, and I'm, I'm not going to comment on it. just want to finish. You can go back and do the reading on this yourself. You know, when Paul was saying, he says, when I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring Jews to Christ. When I was with fellow Jewish of the, the law, Jewish law, I lived under the law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so that I could bring Christ to those who are under the law. When I was with the Gentiles who did not know the Jewish law, I too lived apart from the law so that I could bring them. Because, you know, I ate pork when they ate pork. And I ate sausages and whatever they ate. I, I acted like a Gentile. He said, but I did not ignore God's law. I obeyed the law of Christ. He said, when I was with those who are weak, and that's when we found a lot of young Christians who are weak, I share in their weakness. I could empathize with them where they were. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I tried to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. You ain't going to save them all, but we got to figure out where is common ground so we don't turn, turn young people off because we don't know that we got to find common ground with them. Because it's easy to say, don't, 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 but where is common ground? And you got to know where your common ground is, that line that you say, I'm not willing to cross to just identify with a young person, this person, that person, but don't measure my common ground by your common ground. And let me just finish reading. Okay, he, he says, uh, boy, common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the God, good news and share its blessings. So that was my assignment. That was his assignment. And he said, if I'm going to bring more people to Christ, i got to get outside my normal comfort zone. We've passed our time. I know the folk online gone, but I thank you all for that. Sister Adrian, we, we, since we're in the house, we'll go ahead. Real, real quick, I just wanted to add to that. When you say common ground, common ground don't mean immoral and outside oh, absolutely. the will of God. Just wanted to point that out. Absolutely. But common ground needs to be a place where you can go, where you can meet the person where they are, where you're not outside of God's will for you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, common ground don't mean you condone the sin. Sin it. Yes. Okay. And that's what I'm saying. And so, again, good discussion. You know, we can further this and come up with other topics. Y'all want to continue with more conversation <laughs> dig a little deeper into it? Because it ain't going to die down. And, uh, and, and so we as the church can't put our head in the sand. Amen.